0: Yes, sir. Back again. Episode 7. The homies is all here. I know my little Roscoe. He turned right now. This is his uh, yeah. spirit animal. Yeah. But we actually got a real, real special guest with us right now. There's many words I could say about this man. Best friend. Best Knows friend. Be two years old. Okay. Best man in my wedding. Okay. I, Godfather to his beautiful daughter.
1: Hey. And, and
0: like I said, blood can't make us any closer.
1: No, sir. Little
0: Michael, little Mike, big Mike, whatever you want to call him, Mike. Mike. How you doing,
1: bro? Hey, yes, hey. sir. Oh, I was shit. waiting on this call. Yay. <laughs> hey, what's good, fellas? Hey, hey, I got a question real quick, though. Tim, I mean, to ask you, how Jessica? <laughs> 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 All right, hey, that's the end of that no episode. God. Thank y'all for
2: tuning in. It's been good.
3: <laughs> Mike came in
2: hot. Mike came in hot. So,
4: First words,
2: man. He's, he's good, to be man. A Texas he's saying, good. Huh? You said what?
1: Hey, I think throwing shots must be a Texas thing. Can me and you be on it, It must be. It must be. My boy AC, how you doing over there? Please stop calling me that. AKA <laughs> so a- a- K- a- nice. Mr. Hospital. AKA a- a- <laughs> a- 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 Mr. Hospitalizing. <laughs> Mike, you gotta <laughs> chill, you gotta chill, No, bro. Bro. he don't. No, Mike, chill, right. no. Got you, got go. hey. you gotta chill. Yes, sir. But nah, man, I appreciate y'all, fellas, having me. It's a pleasure, for real, for real. It's an honor. I'm excited. I've been waiting for this all week. Real talk.
0: Yes, sir. We, man, we got the homie Mike here. Man, we're going to discuss his college days, and more specifically. Right now, uh, you know, black is beautiful, black is strong. We're looking at his whole college experience and more specifically his experience at a HBCU. Typically we hear people talk about their experience at HBCUs. at the big one. You know, you got the Hamptons, you got the Howards. Shout out to my mama at FAMU, Grandma Southern. But Michael went to a smaller HBCU out in East Texas where it had a little bit different twist than the name brands that you normally hear from uh, on everyday life. So we're going to dive into that and tell us like uh, college him playing sports his greek life and uh how maybe sort of blackness was a little bit questioned given his background so i'm gonna jump right on to it michael like uh tell us a little about
1: yourself and why did you end up even attending uh
0: texas college
1: man well um like you know flock said you know we've uh we grew up together man um you know since the age of two we grew up in the you know in Dub in the dallas fort worth area you know we grew up in um Louisville Flower Mound area, you know. Um, and you know, that area in itself, you know, isn't a predominantly, I would say, black area. You know, it's a suburban area. Um, you know, there's, you know, some some areas of, you know, just you know, regular middle class or some higher middle class, I would say. Um, and there's, you know, some very well off people in that area as well. But what kind of took me to HBCU? Well, one, um, and this kind of played a part, you know. I wouldn't. I'm not even gonna lie and completely say that this played a whole part into it. But you know, my mom, you know, she graduated from Southern University. You know, she's a Bayou girl. She's from home in Louisiana. I'm really Gibson Bayou black. Um, my sister, you know, she went to Xavier, you know, in, um, in New Orleans, you know. So, kind of that that right there, you know, kind of set the ground, the foundation, you know, for me just experiencing or wanting to even know, know more more, even entertaining an HBCU, if that makes sense. Um, but, you know, sports, football and track, you know, the school that I went to, you know, for uh, for for reasons, you know, whatever, you know, though, that was the main school that kind of took interest in me, um, you know, coming out. But knowing that it was HBCU, honestly, you know, made me even that more proud and excited to, you know, want to go there. So that kind of, you know, what, what kind of set that path.
0: Knowing it was HBCU, like, what was it like when you first stepped foot on that campus? Did, like, did you feel like an overwhelming sense of, like, black pride in you stepping onto that foot? Because, like, for us, man, all four, three or four of us, sorry, we went to a PWI, Oklahoma State University. Go Pokes. Hey, they're going to beat the Sooners this weekend. I'm calling it right now, Roscoe. We're going to get the upset wait, this Saturday. Wait, 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 wait We're going to get this upset. Wait, go, wait, 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 go, wait, wait. Wait,
2: go They, go wait, wait. Wait. Go they not.
0: They nah, not. Nah, 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 <laughs> That's a whole other story. But, Michael, like, did you feel, like, a sense of black pride when you first set up on that campus your freshman year?
1: Uh, most definitely. And, um man, I'll tell you this. Even when I went when I went on my visit, I can't make this up. When I went on my visit, man, we pulled up. Like, we went to – they had a practice. It was in spring. Pulled up. They are at the practice field. And um I don't know if y'all remember at this time, applies uh, when uh, me and my goons was hot. Like, it just dropped. Me and my goons. And so, as so soon as we pull up, like I never forget, they made this dude. Uh, his name I never forget his name, man. His name's we call him Pool. Um, but anyway, man, Pool. I see him. You know, they all parked up because they had to pull up. Like our practice field was kind of like down the street from our actual school, so like dudes had to like drive to like our practice field. Honestly, and I never forget they was hopping out. They had me and my goons blasting. These like five dudes with dreads. They swinging they dreads, you know, as yeah. me and my goons. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" So I was like, "Okay." I was like, "Man, I'm going my people." I was like, "Yeah." I yeah, was hype because yeah, yeah, you know yeah. we came. I came from this, uh, uh, a school where you know where all the black folks we were tight knit. It was a tight knit like community at this predominantly, honestly, you know, white school. Yeah, but so. you know all the black folks we were tight, but it was like that wasn't the majority of what we saw around us. So like when I like I never forget when I pulled up. And I'm just like, even from the school walking around and just the atmosphere, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm hype. I'm ready to go. So, I mean, that was kind of like the atmosphere that we had, like, you know, at TC.
0: Yeah. I mean, hey, I, I mean, I remember vividly, Mike, let's, let's take them back down memory lane to 08. Our man Obama gets elected. You know, me and you, we football players in the uh, locker room. My boy dropped that young Jeezy. My president is yes, black. sir. We about to we might finna fight 30 white boys. Like, hold on. This is me, him, and two other homies in the locker room. And they was going that tells you the culture we had in our predominantly white school in the suburbs that we was outliers and we had to have a whole team meeting about the device yeah, in this and yeah, about the vice in the locker room because the black man got elected. Cause it was that many white individuals on the team versus white what eight of so, us so- are black in football.
2: So, Mike, I, I really got a question. Like, how was it going from that environment in high school, yeah. predominantly white, and then it's, you know, what I'm saying suburban middle class black people to going to Texas College as a HBCU?
1: Okay, yeah, that's a good question. And it, that honestly, and to be honest, that starts a little further. And we kind of me and me and Jeremy, me and Flock, kind of talked about this. Um, growing up. Right, we had, and this kind of starts here, like growing up, we didn't, so we grew up with like I said, we had a tight-knit black community. We went to you know uh, a predominantly black church, but like it was still in the suburban area um so with that being said, we were around it wasn't, and I don't know how to say this without like flight like you know it was a it was like flight we said it was a different type of black like it was we were around a lot of successful black folks, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, it so, was
0: very, very successful. Like, yeah,
1: like, well, you so, can say
0: whatever career you had, there's probably somebody that was in that career you can talk to, reach out to, have money, yeah. doing their thing, doing their thing.
1: Yeah, so it was like a lot of successful black folks, and it was like we were in this suburban area, but it was like a lot of suburban, you know, black people. Um, so with that being said, it was a little different as far as the culture, you know. If you know what I'm saying, if that makes sense, and versus you know, going into like the inner city or certain areas, if that makes sense. So going from that to high school the high school we went to, it went as far as like, man, we even had like, we even had our own hallway. Like, if that makes sense, like all the black folks hung out in one hallway. Like, honestly, if it wasn't, I'm gonna be honest, if it wasn't for sports, I don't really know like how many like others, you know, besides us, we would have been hanging out with, if that would have made sense, like, you know, or meeting people outside of our own culture um, that we kind of had established. So, going from there, like I said, it was a different type of, you know, we weren't really hood, you know, it wasn't things that nature, we weren't like just, you know, things like that. But, like, going into this school where it was like you had dudes that really came from a certain type of struggle, dudes that, you know, had to do certain things to survive and they moved completely different from how you were seeing and growing up, or they may not have had both parents in a household or, you know, certain situations, certain circumstances where you had your mom and your dad, they both had great jobs, you know what I'm saying, just like your best friend, just like, you know, your other friend, just like that friend, you know, it was just completely different. It was a big culture shock, honestly, you know, not the fact that I wasn't around Black people. See, that's the misconception. The misconception is because I was from Flower Mound or Louisville, I wasn't around Black folks. That's not, the miss that's the misconception. I was around black people. It's just it was a different vibe or different culture of black people, if that makes sense.
0: No, that they make perfect sense. And um, so now we say you say you're coming with black people. So I mean, I know what you're getting at. You kind of was like the Carlton to the fresh prince, like you know, you suburban black yeah. probably around you know, in inner city or rougher areas of uh, at TC. So I feel like do you think your black people's question coming from, you know, the predominantly white suburbs? Oh,
1: most definitely. Especially and not even necessarily like you, I would hear certain comments, like, but it was always from dudes who I played football with. It was dudes who were on my foot were on the team with me at TC. Um, and you know, my freshman year was probably the hardest, honestly, because I had never one, it was a culture shock already within itself from the coaching, you know what I'm saying? Like HBCU, like, yeah, I know division one. You know, college coaching is rough, right? Like, you know, you get called outside your name, all types of craziness. But at HBCUs, like, man, it's a little, I still think people, it's a little different. It's a little wild, you know what I'm saying? So that already was a culture shock. Then, you know, like I said, teammates, you know what I'm saying? When they knew where I was from, that was like almost like a tool they would use to try to get in my head, you know what I'm saying? Or to talk to me or to, you know, talk noise or, things that nature, or even, you know, man, I've even been called, like, because I was from, you know, a certain area, you know what I'm saying? I was called an uncle Tom, like, just because I was from a certain part, you know what I'm saying? Just because, you know, I didn't live somewhere, but, you know, things that nature. But like, that was my freshman year. That was kind of like my rough year, honestly. Um, But after that, like, my school was so small, so tight knit. And honestly, I think the things that I showed I could do on the field, and kind of like how I handled certain situations kind of uh, took some people's respect. If that made sense, and I just became Sid, you know, Sid beer, you know, Sid, I was Sid. So all that kind of went out the window, you know what I'm saying? After a while. And I was just another dude at CC, if that made sense.
3: So was it, was it football that got everybody's respect or did you just, was it spending time with them or was
1: think, it a combination of both? I think it was a combination of both because one, I was, I think it was almost like I was this dude, like, I was, because I was from a certain area, I was probably, like, automatically, t- you know, like, labeled as, ah, oh, man, he's square or whatever. They didn't think, because I was from this area, like, I couldn't move or do certain things on the field, but when they saw how I can do things on the field, it was like, oh, snap, like, you know, yo, like, this dude, you know, he can do this or that. Then it was, like, just our day-to-day, you know, you know, moving around, talking, communicating, I think that kind of transferred over into how people kind of interacted with with me and things of that nature
4: i can definitely relate to that mike uh i definitely feel like like my blackness has definitely been questioned before um by you know by my own people and because we kind of we kind of come from a similar background you know suburbs uh you know people think you you have a certain air about you just because you're you don't have money but your parents are yeah. well off more well off than the average person so um my blackness even gets questioned by white people which is kind of funny but yeah that's that's the funniest <laughs> now wait a now, now, now wait a now that's wait on me oh no! oh, damn. Be, oh be, let me explain.
0: let me explain. Be, be back, <laughs> it, back it up and back it up and rewind, rewind, go. rewind that me, and elaborate please what i mean
4: by that what i mean by that is i'm not acting like your stereotypical black person right um quote unquote ghetto all this all that or whatever so they they don't they're like oh you're white like you're not black because i'm not acting stereotypical or what they see in the media or what's portrayed in the media so that's kind of what i meant by that which is That's effing hilarious, but that man, that's tough. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. I know exactly
2: what you mean. No, but,
4: um, I guess my question is, um, for Mike and the homies, like, you know, like, I guess, why do we feel the need to like question our own people or why is there this, this, this urge
1: or this need to like prove your, your, your blackness? Yeah, no, I feel that. Um, I, man that's a tough one honestly i really i don't know why i think it's the culture like i think it's what we portray like honestly what we feel is our culture so like you know a lot of things you know originated i feel like as a people is from honestly the struggle if that makes sense so if people feel like you aren't from that same struggle that kind of caters to our culture as black folks then you're outside of our culture because you didn't come from that struggle so how could you understand the struggle of what kind of I, like, I guess, um, you know, kind of, I guess, molded certain things, I feel that you would, you know, if that makes sense, as far yeah. as black folks in our culture.
0: No, I feel you that Michael. I feel like the media only portrays our struggle, our hardships, our issues. So that's what everybody thinks everybody's like. But like you said, yeah. successful black people in all facets of life. And that, not everybody's from the hood. Not everybody was in Section Eight. Not everybody had food stamps growing up. There's people who had, uh, saw successful black marriages, had two parent homes, and didn't have to live that life. But you know, as you said, Roscoe, white people don't think you fit that mold or that ghetto black man because they don't see that on the media being portrayed. So, yeah.
2: for me, I think it's so crazy because I feel like in other cultures, they may look down upon or feel superior upon people that are doing less than right they say like oh we got more money than you or we got more connections than you or whatever (laughs) i can't believe that your parents don't have a boat, or you know what i'm saying they're looking at down on people like that but i feel like with black people it's so crazy because it's the opposite so we look down on people that are educated that do have things going for themselves. Like Michael that come from a two-parent household and their parents are educated, middle-class type of people, but then we discriminate against those people. And I feel like only in Black culture is that the case where we question your authenticity because you come from a two-parent household and you're educated. And that's, this just crazy to me. It is wild. Cause it's like, it goes back to what Jeremy said. Like
4: there's not enough depictions or portrayals of successful black people and there are a bunch of successful examples of successful black people all around they're just not pushed in the media they're not pushed enough on social media and like you're exactly right Tim like we come in all shape like all shapes all sizes all all different walks of life like being black does it, it doesn't have a there's not a single definition for that so mm-hmm. definitely
1: for sure but and it's crazy because i'm gonna tell the story quick i think I, you know told y'all before but man it's just wild but i will say going to tc it was an experience because i did see from other lenses if that makes sense like people who did struggle and had less than what i had growing up you know what i'm saying and like kind of empathize with what you know their situations like i invited you know one of my close friends this day you know he grew up you know you know in the hood whatever you want to call it you know what i'm saying some uh, urban area, whatever, inner city. But, and you know, I never forget, invited him over for Thanksgiving. And I never forget, came over for Thanksgiving. And, you know, soon, like the first thing when he walked, like we pull up, like he's like, dang, bro, you rich. And I was like, I looked at him, like, nah, bro, this ain't rich. Like, I ain't rich. This is, you know, I just, yeah, I live in the suburbs. It's like, to me, this is like an average, you know, I can show you some rich, you know what I'm saying? I know hey, what Mike, rich yeah. look like. Mike, you know I ain't gonna
2: flex. When I, pulled up to, when I pulled up to Fox House for that first time, that's the same thing I said. I ain't gonna flex. I said the same exact thing. Like, bro, yeah, y'all man. was living great out here. Like, y'all, but y'all I was like rich out here. But Michael, <laughs> know, like,
0: this Just that's a basic suburban yeah, Dallas home, basic. bro. That's like a yeah. basic Texas home. Like, like Michael said, we go down a few streets and you can go to Highland Park, Highland Shores, South Lake. Where we could show you some some to houses.
1: To me, that man. was rich. To me, yeah. that was rich. Fly like, I could take you to Double nice. O Copper can, oh, yeah. You know Yeah, I'm saying like, Lantana. but <laughs> yeah, Lantana. But but the thing is, like I understood, but like when he said this next thing, I kind of understood. Like, dang, like okay. As soon as he walked into my house, he said, "Dang, bro, you got AC." I was like, I looked at him like, "You ain't got AC, homie." Like I'm, you know, what I'm saying like, so as soon yeah. as he said that, I was like, that's when like, you know, I from then that point on to be honest like in my life I kind of reevaluated things and like kind of like I really definitely started you know empathizing trying to learn more about you know other people and how they live in and where they're from and just things I guess within my own people like it's it's different people come from different struggles and like when he said that like I'll never forget that to this day like my man didn't like that wasn't normal to him to have AC you know what I'm saying like for me like Bro, it's my dad telling me, hey, cut that AC off. You know what I'm saying? We leaving the house. But I had AC. You know what I'm saying? Things of that nature. But it's just like, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it, it is it's different. It was a different, it was a culture shock. But it's something that I wouldn't trade, like, for anything in the world. Like, it was one of the best things that was for me, honestly.
0: I got a question to post for everybody. I think, Tim, you and I have talked about this before. When a black person makes it, I'm saying make it, it could be professional league or just even just a good job. Do you think that they, they're they required to bring their family members along for those who don't make it in a household? For example, me and Michael, we don't have to worry about that. We made it in a good part of our career, but our parents are good. They don't need nothing from us. We don't take care of our siblings, none of nothing like that. But we know several people, and I think Tim, for you example, you helped your mama a lot that once you make it, you gotta like, Sometimes you are required to put on for your entire family and you're almost stretched thin. You think that's a case? Or not, it probably is a case, but you think that is that a problem in our communities?
2: So I think for black people, that is something that a lot of other cultures cannot relate to. That once you break those socioeconomic barriers, if you're the first, we got a lot of firsts. First one to go to college, graduate, get a professional career. We're, we do a lot of firsts. As young people and if you are the first to kind of break those socioeconomic barriers and maybe go to the next level there's a lot of pressure on you that people don't realize. If you're the first one to break those barriers everybody sees you as rich and like you just got unlimited money you just got whatever you know what i'm saying, and a lot of other cultures don't have to deal with those type of pressures, so I think as black people. Uh, we call it like the black tax. That's what it's called on like Twitter and social media and all that stuff. It's just like you kind of got to take care of those that's coming up behind you or parallel with you or maybe even before you because they kind of see you as the savior, the one that kind of quote unquote make it out. And I think black people got to deal with that overwhelmingly a lot more than other cultures. I think that
3: they shouldn't have to like taking care of your parents is, I mean, that's, that's a giving. I think you should try to take care of the people that were taking care of you, like taking care of your parents. Uh, for me, I got seven, uh what is it? 10 brothers and sisters. So that's, that's a no, I'm not he, saying he can't, even he can't even
2: remember. You got too
3: many. He can't even remember <laughs> the
2: number. <laughs> Lord Jesus.
3: But I mean, I like, Like, give them jobs or something, but just not giving them money. But, like, as far as extended family, like, aunts and uncles, if for me, my aunts and uncles weren't really in our lives because we lived in a completely different state, and we rarely saw them. So it wouldn't be – I wouldn't think about taking care of them. Like, if they said, I need this money or I'm about to get kicked out of my house, then that would be one thing. But, like, bringing them all – like, say I got drafted – by the Lakers, and bringing them, my whole family to LA, that'd be a no.
2: Let's calm down. <laughs> you you went a little too far. You went a little too far. You're living
0: but, out his dream right now. Huh? <laughs>
2: know,
4: no, I'm with Danny though. Um, that pressure is there, like Tim said, and like we do feel this obligation that we have to take care of our people who are whoever that may be, friends, family, Um, but anybody, for everybody has a finite amount of resources, so, like, I would really only, um, I'm a nice person, so, like, I'll do, like, I'll do nice things for you, like, if you, like, if you're in need, whatever, but as far as, like, bringing you with me, like, nah, like, the only people I'm obligated to, honestly, are my parents and my sister because that, like that's my core. That's who take care of me. That's who that's who made me. So those are the only people I see that I really owe anything. So uh, that's how I feel, at least.
3: I would actually take a few of the homies before I took some of my family members. Not, not like my brothers. <laughs> <laughs> my brothers and sisters and parents, I would take them before the homies. But outside of that, I would take... A few of the homies before I took some family because I mean, not I wouldn't take Tim and Deville because you know. <laughs> wow. Wow. wow wow well he wouldn't he wouldn't <laughs> didn't
1: take Mike because he didn't invite Mike to Colorado so it's awesome. I would, I would
2: <laughs> oh, Mike Mike is Mike would be my bodyguard <laughs> Bro. he wouldn't he wouldn't take Mike. me because I beat him in one on one that's why Mike is
3: a, Mike is the strongest person in the world now, now hold on <laughs> now, wait now Daniel, Daniel do you
1: Daniel athlete. Tim beat you one on one.
3: Okay, look Mike. Let me I'll be Tim when I want. Daniel. Wait, Mike, Mike. So this was back in like 2012, something like 2012-2013.
2: It, it so was I'm, like 30. It was a long 14. time.
3: ago. It was a long time. ago. <laughs> and I said this on the on last week's pod, when you play Tim, it, you you get you get to take you're going to have a game that's going to be Okay. 30 let minutes. Let me let me Oh, wait, wait, wait. An hour. Let, me, let
2: me speak. Let me speak. No, no,
3: no, let me finish. So we was playing Tim, and Tim would, get, Tim would get the ball. He would dribble up to half court and just stand there. And then when, when you relax and everything, like, nigga, come on, he'll all of a sudden come up and shoot or dribble uh, dribble past you when you relax. So, so
2: I, got, I got tired of let that. Me,
3: I let me let say my win.
2: piece. Let me say my piece. So, listeners, this is when, you know, I was in college. When you're in college, you kind of indulge a little bit heavier than most times. I was busy with engineering school, wasn't in the best shape. So they would try to call me out and challenge me. So, yes, I didn't take breaks in between games. But the game winner was in Danny's face. And I remember (laughs) I held. After
3: he took a break. It doesn't matter. And and he didn't want to play. He hasn't wanted to play me since.
2: Why would I want to play? I played the Bells and I'm 4-0. I don't need to play y'all no more. He's scary. <laughs> I'm 4-0 oh against the bells. But anyway, like we we're getting back to the subject, uh, I think that it's just crazy how the black culture, a lot of times is reversed and almost like backwards in every other culture. Like the fact that they kind of like looked down on you, Mike, and questioned your blackness and was just like, you not black enough because you come from the suburbs. It's just like wild to me. And I yes. feel like that wouldn't happen in any other culture. besides yeah, black culture, yeah. It facts.
1: It was crazy. You know, while that would happen, it was almost like they didn't know. It's like, when that would happen, it's like to me in my mind, because you have to look at it like this. I know where my mom and my dad come from. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, mm. I know what they came from. I know how they had to struggle growing up. Like my mom came from the Bayou, like, you know what I'm saying? The, like Bayou Black Gibson, like, I know where she came from, where it's like literally 30 minutes to get into town. Like, you know, it's like, you, yeah. I know where they came from. I know my dad came from the projects, you know what I'm saying? North Carolina came from New York, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, I know what he came from, what he had to endure: single parent home, just him, you know, his mom and, you know, two other siblings. So I know how they had to struggle, how my dad telling me how, if it wasn't for, you know, a recruiter coming his senior year telling them like, oh, you know, you can, you know, you can, you need to take your ACT so you can get recruited for college, you know, for wrestling. And he's like, what's the ACT? You know what I'm saying? Like stuff like that. My dad telling me, well, my option was go to army, like how they had to struggle just to get me or to provide for me and my sister, like as far as to give us, you know, these good, these lives that we have to where we didn't have to struggle or want for things. And it's like, well, isn't that what you supposed to do? You know what I'm saying? Isn't that what you want for your kids? Like, so if it was reverse, would you want your kids to be talked about or, Would you want them to be treated the way, you know what I'm saying, as far as others is treating, you know what I'm saying, as far as talking about me because I'm from, you know, a nice area, if that makes sense. So it was just like, I don't think at the time, I don't think people really understand or look at it like that because I don't think anybody wants their child to struggle. So it's just like, you know, at the time, it's like, you know, it's like, well, what you want me to do? I can't help where I'm from or what my parents did to provide me a good life. I can't help that. Yeah, that's
2: that's. Go ahead, oh, go so ahead I, Tim. know you got it, Tim. I was going to say, yeah, that's crazy, bro, because I was going to that's actually, I feel like, a good segue into how society looks at HBCUs. Like, I felt like they kind of look down on them simply because they don't know. Just like you're saying, like, a lot of people where you went to college, they kind of looked down on you because they weren't familiar. They didn't think black people looked out there or you know they weren't authentic, but then like a lot of times, I, look, I know from my experience in corporate America, they're just unfamiliar with HBCUs. They don't even know what HBCU stands for. They're not familiar with the colleges. And so, because they don't know about it, they kind of discredit it. Like, how do you feel uh, about that? Like just in society, the perception that we just generally, for no reason, I feel like discredit HBCUs.
1: All right, now getting into that now, and you know don't get it twisted i love my hbcu um you know through all the hard times you know i'm saying there were hard times but there was definitely great times good times you know i have definitely have hbcu pride you know historical black college university um i feel like it's almost like um you get into hbcus it's a lot of times you think that they're not as credible as these other you know PWIs you know what I'm saying are big you know institutions or universities just because you don't see them or hear about them as much as you would on the mainstream if that makes sense but i mean like we have great black political figures and great you know black figures in general that have came from these HBCUs and done great things and great works
2: um, shout out to Kamala Harris Kamala yep. Harris he said hell it. <laughs> yeah no <laughs> I'm a little went, lit. It's a little turned up, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I want to Flex. We
1: turned on the hey <laughs> She went to. But, she went to Howard, um, though, right? Yeah, she went to yeah, Howard. She, hey, she a K. Howard, K. She yeah. fam, baby. Hey, a I ate I but we'll get into that in a little bit. But um, but I mean, I love my HBCU, man, and it does kind of irk me at times. You know when HBCUs aren't taken serious, and I went to a HBCU. So I mean, even if if you're listening, and you went to an HBCU, you might not even know the HBCU I went to, you're like, Texas College, where is that at? It's in Tyler, Texas. I mean, but it's still, a, it's a small HBCU, but I have my pride for my HBCU. And I think and like, this goes back to the area that we came from, Flock, um, you know what I'm saying? And just like I said before, like there's a saying, it's called, the, uh, and I know some may have not heard of it, but <laughs> it's called the blacker the college, the sweeter the knowledge. And with that, to me, and I'll never forget when I first heard that, to me, it's not about necessarily, oh, if you go to a black school, you're gaining more knowledge than if you go anywhere else. That's that's not it. You know what I'm saying? Because if you want to honestly be real, PWIs, they have more resources, more money coming in. You know what I'm saying? They have, honestly, maybe higher caliber students, if you want to be honest, for the most part, if that makes sense. But as far as when you go for me as a black man when I went to a school where all I when I looked around and majority all I saw was myself when I had never seen that before I'm learning so much about myself that I had never learned before I'm being you know learning literally like when I talked about you know having empathy and like learning about others that i had never seen those type of situations or things of that nature even just pride and you know just learning being in class and my history teacher going the extra mile to teach me about black history that may not be taught, honestly, at other schools, you know what I'm saying? Things of that nature. I'm When it says the blacker, the college sweeter, the knowledge, I think w- what that means to me is the sweeter knowledge of yourself, like learning um. more about yourself. And the more you know about yourself, I think it's, it's just, it's kind of liberating. Honestly, it's like, I know a lot as far as about me now as myself, just from going to my HBCU, than I would have known, going to any other college honestly
3: that's deep it's crazy you say that about learning more about black history there my mom went to langston hbcu in oklahoma uh and she would have a black history class on saturdays and she would she would take me to those classes and i learned a lot more in those on those saturdays on those saturdays than i did in high school or anything else and i took a black history class in high school and which was, and I learned way more just sitting and sitting in those class, sitting in the back and just listening to what the professor was talking about.
0: Man, Dan, at least you had a Black History class in high school. I think Texas just added a Black History course to the curriculum this past year, first off. And then, you know, me and Michael, we history guys. I teach uh, history as well. You know, and our textbooks, is is written by white men. Let's be frank. So all the only time you're gonna get black perspectives gonna be slavery, civil rights. And maybe that's about it. Like, you're not gonna get true authentic stories yeah. of black heroes or black champions. And Daniel, I know you know this, Michael too, you know, we went to white high school, especially in the pre AP AP classes. They talk about slavery. Everybody look at you for the answer. Like, what Boy. are you gonna say? I hate, I hate it being like the only voice to be the mouthpiece for black people. Like, it's like a pressure on you that, you know, if you say something wrong, they gonna take whatever you said. That's gonna be Bible for them for the rest of life. Round with it. They gonna. <laughs> run it. Boy, so, you know, for like, real, you, man. Why? Like, nah. Why do black? Why we'll do that? Why do black, We gotta be the the mouthpiece. Like why? Why do we have to speak for all black people? You know, what I'm saying. It's like why did what I say have to be what it go goes for all black people that you know? You know. It's not even about. It's not even just
3: history. Like I remember in freshman English when we were reading To Kill a Mockingbird. And they say the
2: N word. The, the N word. They said the n R. My the hard R. The hard R. You know t- 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 they t- calling I, on you in class that t- time. T- They're like, okay, teacher, you read.
3: My teacher, she's actually my favorite teacher ever. Shout out to Miss Lebo. But uh, she stopped, stopped the whole class and said, Daniel, do you mind if we say the N word? <laughs> and, and I'm sitting in the back, and I'm like, and everybody just, everybody, you can hear everybody turn and look at me. And I'm like, uh, I don't, I don't know. And like, we, she, she made us have a discussion on why we should or shouldn't say it, and it was just awkward. Like, like oh no, uh, what'd you say? The Hold worst on, go
2: back. What'd you, you say? Oh what, did, what was your final answer? I said no. <laughs> I was about to say I was <laughs> so I mean, like, nah, I didn't. I was like, I don't, like want, nah. I don't want to get mad at y'all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like that's that's honestly the worst. You know what makes ba- you know what made ba- like, me mad about like, we're not gonna it- say this word, skip this word.
2: <clears throat> In Oklahoma, what? what makes me mad about the whole thing is we set you your forces at like Oklahoma history and it's about the five civilized tribes, right? Which is cool. Got no problem with that. We skip over the, the Tulsa race riots and all that whole thing. They don't even teach you that. They it's all about the five civilized tribes, which is crazy to me. Like don't even s- skip over Black Wall Street that don't even exist five civilized tribes and all of a sudden we just a state as oklahoma
0: man that's a that's a hundred percent fact i mean i did my student teaching at coil which is right outside langston and i had to teach oklahoma history i you know come from texas i knew nothing about y'all's history and then but i remember my i had a black professor from my social study and she used to teach us black history she told me about the race riot, and so did uh, monica dully r.i.p to miss monica on a great uh influence on all of us on the chat for the most part and um I remember they had Tim, they had a paragraph of four sentences. Basically it was like the race riots happened in 1921 of the worst race riots in America, And they went to the next session instantly. I'm like, what? Like, if I didn't learn it from my previous professor and I had to actually, I taught my class deeper, like you as students in Oklahoma would have had no idea. And also I think me and Roscoe talk about this. People don't know when I speaking in Oklahoma, the first law that Oklahoma's ever passed was segregation. And they will never talk about that. Senate bill number one is Jim Crow. In Oklahoma history, and like I remember, they didn't really have that in the textbook either. They kind of like passed over that, you know. So that was just funny little history. The very
4: too. first one, we got to ride in separate trolley cars, buses, all the transportation. Very first one, and like you're right. Like if I didn't learn about the Tulsa race riots from my elders, like I would I would have I would have had literally no idea. Like literally no idea. I remember seeing like some tweet that had a poll on it was like did you like learn this in your primary education and it was like Mm -hmm. overwhelmingly uh students in Oklahoma it was it was no it was in the 90th like percentile like which is wild but that's that white gaze like history's told from it through a white lens through a white perspective like they don't they don't care about ours or what happened to us or how we see it.
0: Exactly, like me, like Michael and I, we're four hours away from Tulsa. You can not tell me we can't learn about one of the worst race riots in America. Like we're not that far from Tulsa, but you're gonna learn about everything else all around the world, some distinct island somewhere else in America. We can't learn about, like I said, the worst race riot that happened four hours north of us. It's wild to me. I
3: don't know if you learned about it, Sko and Tim, but I remember learning about uh, the bombing in Oklahoma City the 95 bomb in Oklahoma city. And they say that's the biggest uh, terrorist attack in the city. And then a few years later, I learned about the race riots and learned that's really the biggest <laughs> terrorist attack in Oklahoma and one of the biggest ones in the world. I mean, in the United States.
2: Yeah. hundred percent, bro. I didn't learn about that in school at all. I heard about that from my elders, relatives, family members that were, from tulsa not at school and that was the sad part about it
1: that's wow
4: but uh just to get back on track a little bit i know you're talking about some of your experiences mike uh being at an hbcu and you have reiterated pride a lot um yeah for sure tell, tell us about some of the elements of that pride you know you you're mentioning it Uh, You feel you have this energy about you when you talk about it, like going to some of the like, you know, granular details that go that coincide with that pride.
1: Man, that pride, honestly, I think. Honestly, to the basis of that pride, like the core of it is being able to be myself, if that makes sense, like getting to know myself as a black man, Um, just being around, you know, other black counterparts, if that makes sense. Um, getting to know certain parts of me that I didn't, honestly, I guess, wouldn't say no that was there or, you know what I'm saying, just making relationships that I never had before. But um, that, honestly, to the core of it. But I know one thing about my pride is just, man, as far as TC, one thing that for my HBCU pride, TC, man, we'll we'll cut for anybody. Like, it didn't matter. Like, yeah, like I know in the beginning, like (laughs) this pod has been a lot about – you know how I guess I was ridiculed <laughs> for certain things. But at the same time, it was like dudes at that school would cut for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, if I was I we were out and about like, you know, what I'm saying it didn't matter. Like I was, you know, family, you know, what I'm saying like, yeah, they may, you know, may say what they had to say to me, but I was family. So they'll cut for me. Like for me, that meant a lot. You know what I'm saying? So same right. vice versa. Um you know what I'm saying? Like we just looked out for each other. It was such a small school. Like we talked about the population at T C. Like when I mean it's a small school. Like when I was in school, it was probably like eight hundred students. Like by the time I senior year, it was probably got to like nine something. Like right like right now, I think fly, what was the number? Did you did you catch the number? Or like how many students? I know you looked it up.
0: Oh, I think you would say it was like a little less than a thousand.
1: I think nine hundred or a thousand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, little right, than yeah with high Would school that more students. My high school had like 3,000 students in it, like three, almost pushing 400, four hundred four thousand. Michael, so, did we graduate with like nine
0: nine eight to nine hundred our senior class?
1: Yeah, we graduate actually with like seven and something. Oh, seven, close okay. to eight hundred, I think. Yeah, right. seven or something Absolutely. close to eight hundred. So that's that right there itself, just the senior class of my high school, that's the whole population at Texas College. So my my pride comes from um just how close tight knit we were and like i said man like i man there's dudes people to this day like man i go up you know and that's that's my fam and you know um we've been through a lot together you know texas college like i said man it was at certain times it was a struggle but at certain times that struggle it came out man and we just had a blast had a good time and one thing you know my frat man, A 5 A, like I said, said to LA Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, OSN College, Black Greek Letter Fraternity. You know what I'm saying? Uh men born of greatness. Um, is just things like that, it holds true to me. And just being there and, and you know what I'm saying, even pledging and things like that, you know what I'm saying? Um that is what gave me my HBCU pride, honestly. Um, and even you know, the homecoming, man, just the environment, like growing up like i never even felt besides going to the classic to see my mom you know see southern play you know go with my mom like that stuff like ooh man they got me rocking that's something i got to see on a daily basis like every single game every week out of my college career you know what i'm saying my band was rocking you know what i'm saying things like that like stuff that i had never experienced like on a daily basis so that's where you know i get my hbcu pride
2: So we, we know that you were an athlete as well, um, at an HBCU. So can you touch on like playing football, being an athlete, uh, in college and at the HBCU, how was that experience?
1: You said playing in college and, you know, being Being at at the HBCU? HBCU.
2: Yeah. Like you played football, you were an athlete and you were at the HBCU. Yeah. So,
1: um, that's, it's honestly a little different, um, being, we were such a small school. Um, like I said, man, resources necessarily aren't the best. And when you go certain places, differences, you know, in high school, I honestly had better things than I had when I was in college. So what that meant being at the ABC, I had to grind more. Um, I took more pride in my work, my work ethic, because I knew it, a lot of it relied on what I did with what I had to become this athlete that I wanted to be. And honestly, and I get it. it. You know, a lot of people, you know, when they go to college, they put on weight. They become this better athlete ten times over than what they were in college. I mean, in high school. But for for me and us, like, honestly, we went to this school. Like, when we went to the school we went to, we, like, definitely, like, when you surpass your expectations um, as far as having the resources you had and things like that and not having the equipment and all these other things, and you're becoming this, in your eyes, this... Great athlete that you you know expected to be like if you went to a different college. To me, I took more pride in that because I knew that I didn't get everything that you know these other places afforded. Like for instance, I didn't have a trainer until my um, sophomore year in spring, spring sophomore year. We didn't have you mean like we had like no athletic trainers at the school. We didn't have on site like for legit training. We had that it was called Trinity. Is it Trinity mother friend? I can't remember the hospital name. They sent somebody on two. It was like two times a week. They had the same people that came two times a week that I guess they paid to come over and help us out and to, you know, you know, whatever, two times a week. Um, so just things like that, like we didn't, my sophomore year, we didn't get like a legit trainer, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, with that being said you had to play through injuries like I, I played through some crazy stuff where I that's why a lot of times I look at players now and they say oh I hurt this man I can't play I'm looking at you like man that's weak you know what I'm saying like I didn't yeah. play through worse you know what I'm saying like coaching wise, like feel like I we didn't have a legit we had a practice field that was I told you we had to drive off campus we used that in the spring but soccer use that so they practice all the time on that so in spring was the only time we use that we practice on the baseball f- field on grass we didn't have turf or nothing like that We they drew up lines all that stuff on the baseball field in the outfield 100 yards we practice on the baseball field to my left when i'm running routes i got dirt if i run out of bounds i'm running on dirt in the infield that's crazy so you know what i'm saying so like i had to push through like Playing at HBCU, my small HBCU, that's what made me take pride in it because I done been through so much and had to persevere, not just on the football field, but just trying to make it there. It's like at TC, we have pride in TC because we all went through the same type of struggle. That's not to knock TC because it's not all TC's fault, is you know, what they could afford, the resources that were able that were given to them. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing we talk about. The difference between HBCUs and PWIs, a lot of times they're not given or afforded the same resources, or it's a struggle to get the same resources, if that makes sense. So, you know, that's you know that's kind of like my experience as being an athlete. But, you know, I wouldn't like I said, I wouldn't trade it for the world.
0: You, you touched on PWIs, and now I wanna want to shift gears a little bit because you know it's a hot debate in college athletics, and you were a college athlete. You touched on the resources. Um we all went to Oklahoma State, so we know some athletes. We saw how they lived, what their lifestyle was, what they did and didn't do. So do you think yeah. the question here should athletes get that paycheck? Should they get that guala? You know, being you a big NCAA fan they took our game away because them lawsuits. Uh that kind of ties into it too. But do you think college athletes should get should uh should get paid?
1: When on my answer.
0: Go ahead.
1: Went on my real answer.
0: I'm with you. Go ahead. Hell no. Nah. Stay with your chest. Hell no.
1: Nah. <laughs> Ooh. Hell no. Nah. You know why? And I'm gonna get into this. You wanna know why? I get it. And you know, I'm D1. I bring all this money in. You know, I've heard it all. I've heard it all. When I tell you, man, you're afforded things that you can only dream of, that people could only dream of—a free education. I get it. Universities make. 10 times i get it they make a lot of money off of people i get it but they're affording with education housing free meals things that people can only dream of like one and it's like you well i'm giving to this university but yeah but what is the university giving to you they're giving you a platform to make a name for yourself you know what i'm saying because a lot of times these people choose different colleges and let's be honest they choose these colleges you know what i'm saying And they go into the national championship things of that nature let's be real if you choose somewhere Honestly, you make one wrong choice, and you choose a different school. You don't even get that same opportunity as if you chose. You know what I'm saying? To if you chose somewhere different. So, for me, I get it. I here's I I came in with a strong hell no. To me, I get it. You can. What I mean is, I don't think it should be like this salary based thing. I think Mm -hmm. it's like you know maybe they get a stipend, kind of like what they're doing now. You know what I'm saying? Get a stipend. It's cool. And a lot of the arguments are, you know, I always hear like, man, I live off campus, man. It's hard for me to pay my rent. I can't work and live off campus. Well, one, you don't have to live off campus. That's your choice. So if you make that choice, that's on your body. You know what I'm saying? So that's not the university's fault, honestly. Another one, like we get into, and I told you, I don't even know if I even, I don't even feel comfortable even arguing with this man because he's so, to me, he's, he's honestly, I envy him. Like, as far as I look up to him because he's in a flock, he came from your school. Florida State, um, what's the name, is it Roll, what's the name, Myron yeah, Roll, what's his My, name,
0: My, My, Myron Roll,
1: yeah, Myron Roll, yeah, I sure. mean, brain surgeon, like, who am I to yeah. argue with this guy, or to be opposed to him, but it's like, he, i never forget, he was arguing in front of, you know, this panel, and he was like, you know, there's guys that their families are struggling, and it's like, you know, their university is making XYZ and all this money off of them, and their families are struggling, and they got no money to send back to their families, they're like, man, I'm gonna quit, because I gotta work. But to play devil's advocate, it's not the university's responsibility to take care of families. The university is giving this player a chance, honestly, because they honestly didn't have to give you no scholarship. They didn't have to recruit you, if that made sense. You know what I'm saying? They didn't have to give you these opportunities. They could have went with Joe Blow over there, and you would have been mad. Like, man, why Alabama recruit me? You know what I'm saying? So to me, it's like, I don't know. Part of me is made like just because the struggle I know I had to come from playing college football. Granted, I wasn't D1. I get that. I get that whole thing. You know what I'm saying? Because I know that could be people's argument. Well, you just weren't good enough. I get that. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I noticed like not to have free meals all the time, 24 7, housing, everything afforded to you. You know what I'm saying? So when you complain, about you not getting paid, but they setting you up honestly for your future, even if you don't end up playing football for the rest of your life. Bro, they offer you a free degree, you should be successful off of that. If you're not successful, honestly, I think you're stupid. You must be a dummy and you're trying to extort money from universities because you know you can't do nothing but play football. I'm just being honest.
2: Yeah, That's yeah. Yeah. Me. yeah, Mike, I feel like I agree with you at the and the biggest kind of gripe to me. Coming from a school, that's it's a pretty big school in a Power Five conference. It's when I go turn on ESPN and they say like, oh, these college athletes have it so bad and they, they don't get anything and they just out here struggling. I'm like, bro, they get unlimited food and they live for free and they get their free education. Like, yes, the revenue that they bring in isn't matching what they're getting, but they are far from struggling. It's real college students out here struggling. Like we was out there eating noodles. Max like, you know what I'm saying? Like, whatever, struggling to do all of that, but, like, they get unlimited meals from anywhere on campus, and they have a whole cafeteria and private chef area for the football Bro, they team. Bro, they on
1: meal plans, too. And
2: they're getting stipends on top of that, so don't ever get it confused. Like, they are really out here struggling. Like, yes, their family may be struggling back home, but, like, a regular student that may be on an academic scholarship or maybe paying their own way, their family could be struggling, too. So it's not like, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I hate that whole narrative. They're like, "Oh yeah, these kids are her really struggling." Like, no, that's not the case at all. Do so, you it. feel?
0: Do you feel that they at least should have can make money off their likeness? So like, let's say I come in a high school, Michael. I'm a super cold recruit, football, basketball, whatever. And Nike once signs me to a deal. And my, do you think it's okay for me to go give me a Nike deal at 18 because I'm that, I'm that hyped up?
1: Man. um I don't know. It's just when you do stuff like that, it complicates so much stuff when it comes to collegiate athletes, because isn't how you determine how much somebody's supposed to get paid. How do you determine who? You know what I'm saying? It's just because then you say, should they get Nike deals? But then at the same time, it's like Odell Beckham gets suspended from LSU games because he handing out money at the end of a game. But yeah, dudes can catch Nike deals at college. Like, so what's where's the line? You know what I'm saying? Like, where's the line drawn? You know what I'm saying? Uh freaking your boy from OSU, Des Bryant, can't finish out his senior year, correct? Because he did dinner know at he dinner, dinner Dion. at Deion Sanders' house you know what i'm saying like it. what? well it's
2: because it's he lied about it like but who but cares he ate, he, he, ate didn't, he didn't do nothing wrong he, he, he lied wrong.
0: but rosco six, six games for lying about eating dinner six games that's a
2: lie See, he thought he didn't do nothing wrong he thought he was gonna do something wrong so he
1: you lied know, lied
2: to protect yeah. himself
1: yeah so it's like but where's the line you know what i'm saying like i don't know man i just i just personally think no it shouldn't, there should be no endorsement deals till you reach pro. Like, honestly, if you good, I'm saying, I'm, I'm gonna just say this the dudes that are gonna make it, the dudes, if you're that cold, I'm gonna say, if you're that cold in college to get an endorsement deal in college, you're gonna be set when you get to the league. Let's be real. If you that cold to where you get endorsement deals in college, you're gonna play in the league. Now, if you pan out in the league, that's on your body, but you're gonna make it to the league if you getting endorsement deals in college. Honestly,
0: only you thing I drafted. say that someone disagree, I think that the not paying of players is tied into racism. Like, I think people don't want to pay players because they don't want to see young black men with money, to be quite frank. I feel like every other sport has opportunity to do what they want to do, but they don't want to see 18, 19, 20 year olds. You know, football and basketball dominated by African Americans. They don't want to see them money because what they going to think, oh, he's going to get tattoos, he's going to get jewelry, he's going to get cars. They want to see young black men because think about if you're giving those young black men let's say fifty thousand dollars a year that's life-changing money for a lot of our community that could like essentially change entire generations if you gave every 18 to 22 year old some sort of fifty thousand dollars sorry starting at 18 years old start for that can change generations going forward because now their kids will have a little money i guarantee their kids will be educated and their kids be educated and the one thing that's dangerous is educated black persons that's the only reason why i think they don't, they can do it. They really want to, they want to say, and I figure out a way, but they don't want to, they want to see us start having that generational wealth start to come up. Yeah. That's I big can,
4: facts, Fox. That's big facts. I, see um, I
2: see coming from that.
4: I don't, I don't have a problem with them making money off their likeness. Like say you go to an event and you're signing footballs and they want to pay you for signing autographs. Like I don't have any issue with that. The salary. I think gets a little tricky, a little complex, a little complicated. Um, more so, just like I don't know how you like you implement a fair system across the board, across the tire, entire NCAA. Um, if you can, if you can find something equitable that um, doesn't destroy parity, I guess I'm I'm cool with it. Uh, I don't think a free market is the answer because the teams make bringing the most money with the most resources they're just going to buy all the best players and they're going to be the best teams forever. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, if you want to sign a Jersey and make a, a couple hundred, a couple thousand dollars, uh, I'm cool with that. what you think, Dan? Uh, um, I'm, I'm not
3: necessarily, I don't necessarily think that they should get paid, uh, like a salary, but I'm cool with them getting money off their likeness. Like, like y'all said, uh, like they brought back, NCAA or uh, they sign some footballs or basketballs or whatever and somebody wants to pay them, then so be it. I mean, it just looks stupid that the school can sell a a, a, a jersey with your name on it your autograph on it and they can get the money off of that, but you can't. It just seems dumb. But that's – I mean, I don't know about – I'm not (laughs) – I don't know about them getting a uh, salary because that would probably create a whole nother problem
1: do they sell it with the names or autographs or they I typically just see the numbers. I feel like like it'll be like I a, say I might have made that, say, that up yeah yeah, yeah, <laughs> see like see i like if like a player was like say number one, but we all know who number one is, yeah. but, but they have I'm, a jersey with number one on it, but no name, no nothing, you know what I'm saying, just but cowboys I have seen, on it
3: I have seen stuff like uh duke is my favorite team i've seen them sell zion stuff like with his name on it and it makes no sense that they can sell stuff with his name on it but maybe not his autograph but his actual name on the back of the jersey
1: now if they selling stuff with his name on it then he need to get paid i'm sorry as far as i will say that i will say that if I, like i said i will say that if you're gonna sell like merchandise with a player's name now if we're talking about lightness and all that stuff that's completely different i feel like that's a different argument i know flock brought that up but as far as just as far as players getting paid for playing the game or being on the team i don't know about that i feel like you're afforded certain opportunities that just to me they're already paying you enough but if you're gonna sell merchandise with somebody's name on it that's completely different. I feel like, yeah, now, okay, you need to get some type of money for that merchandise being sold.
0: Well, the wrap up sports, Mike, I got one final question. How do you feel about the new wave, essentially, to get these four or five-star recruits in football and basketballs to HBCUs? Do you think that's going to move and that's going to happen? Or you think it's just something that's going to be a kind of like cool for a little bit, but people are still going to go to their Bama's, Texas's, Oklahoma's, and this, that, and the third?
1: I think, if you want my honest opinion, I think um, it may die down, but at the same time, it's it's one of those things that's tricky. It could go either way, I feel. Because when you get dudes like Dion that's coaching at Jackson State now, and I was just having this conversation today, and there's other people that I've talked to who they feel like as if Dion is doing this for his own publicity, right? and this is where i kind of differ because going to a an hbcu and i don't know if we even talked about the caliber of hbcus yet but um still just going to a hbcu it is you can't do something for yourself it's not for your own publicity it's not for your own self gain because it is hard and I, it is hard at hbcus to get re, like i said resources these type of things especially with coaches i've seen it firsthand Hard for coaches to get scholarships, hard for coaches to get just equipment, hard hard for coaches to get this and that and this and that. Because simply a lot of times, yeah, I won't say schools can't afford it, but they rather put money into other things because they just don't have just an abundance. You know what I'm saying? So they, yeah, they could put it into that, but it's it's like we rather put it into other stuff at times because we have, you know what I'm saying? We there's other things to worry about, I guess. But it's difficult. But with a name like Dion, he's getting, you know, you get these transfers, get kids decommitting, you know, all these things like social injustice, like all these things happen around the world where kids are like, you know, I'm gonna make a statement. I'm dropping out of this for, you know, example, you know, uh, you know, maybe a UCLA or whatever big division one school and I'm going to, you know, a Jackson State or a Southern or a TSU just to make a statement and getting back to honestly our roots because I know people know our roots when it comes to sports. We weren't allowed it wasn't just an abundance of a, of us allowed to play at a lot of these PWIs growing up. Right. Now yeah, you have like you know all these different stories. You got the movies like The Express and all these other Jim Brown, all these other people that got to play at these places, but most of us weren't allowed to play at, you know, we weren't getting recruited by these PWIs. We had to play at HBCUs. So to me it's almost kind of nostalgic or just it's kind of funny or ironic for these kids to be like, you know, I'm going to take my talents to our roots, if that makes sense. It may be a wave. It may be something that may go away, but I'm here for it, honestly. Um, If it's something that turns into something more because you get coaches like Dion and, like, people don't even know at my school, Texas College, Greg Ellis. Like, Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't know that great Cowboy, Greg Ellis, he's the head coach at Texas College right now. That was Mm -hmm. big news. Like that's to me that brings in recruits. You hear Greg Ellis like, "Whoa, Greg Ellis, yes." Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Jackson State, whoa, Dion, yes. I'm playing for Primetime. Oh, you know what I'm saying? I know Primetime could teach me something. I know Primetime can coach. So, to me, it's that makes waves. Even if it's here for just a little bit, or it's here for the long term, I'm with it. So, but I personally think, <sighs> I know it's not a direct answer. I think it can go either way.
0: I, maybe it's a, the pessimist in me, but if you notice that a lot of the big schools, they'll have a smaller HBCU tied to it. So Oklahoma State has Langston, Texas A&M has Prairie View, Florida State has Florida A&M and, and so on and so forth. I think those big schools that are tied to those smaller leg ain't gonna allow that to happen, if that makes sense. For example, if, if Oklahoma State is competing with Langston for these recruits, I feel like Oklahoma State is gonna do something to Langston to make them not have those players. You know, they're gonna start losing money. Because you know it's all anything the same umbrella. So if all the players all of a sudden don't go to and AM from Houston, they start going to Preview. I feel like they're gonna switch something around, do something to Preview to harm that to not allow them to go to Preview. They're gonna make sure they phone them back to AM. Maybe that's a, a negative in me, but I feel like the big school, the, the head of the feeder system is gonna be taken care of before they allow like a max exodus of power five talent to go to HBCUs, in my opinion.
2: Well, Flock, like, I feel like the, the to be real, I know y'all love football, but I feel like the first step is basketball. I feel like basketball is really where it could happen. i be seeing players like Mikey, you know what I'm saying, flirting with HBCUs, and I feel like because basketball really drafts off potential, and a lot of these kids could go probably from high school, no matter what they do in college, they still going to get drafted. And if they go to an HBCU, it doesn't really matter. We they still gonna take them top ten, top five, whatever. Football. I feel like you need a little bit more development. You need those three years, three four years in college to develop into an NFL player. Basketball, you don't need that. So I feel like if any of that migration to HBCUs is gonna start, it has to start with basketball. And I see the Mikeys and other players really talking about. It.
1: That's actually good, Tim. I like that's 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 actually kind of that's valid. I th-
3: actually I think there was
2: a five star that uh
4: decommitted from wherever he was committed and he's going to Howard
3: yep
0: mm-hmm.
3: I actually disagree with Tim uh, because what he said I think that the fact that the NFL you do need you need to fill your body out more in college to get to the NFL it'll be easier for them to find players at HBCUs. Whereas NBA, they're not necessarily looking at guys at HBCUs because they're not going. They're not. They're not going there. Mikey can say he's flirted with the HBCUs all he wants. I don't. I don't believe he's gonna go there. I think he's either going straight to the NBA or he's going to. Go but there. Daniel, he
2: ain't got go to go a to a D1 yeah, college to be developed. Or to fill out, or to gain those skills, he could come straight from high school. Really, and go to the NBA. Let's be real. I think that would. I actually
3: think that would hurt him more. I mean, given given he's Mikey, it might not. But I look at a guy like R.J. Hampton who got drafted tonight. He fell in the draft because he didn't go to a college. If he go, if he's at Duke or Kentucky or Kansas, UNC, UCLA, one of those top schools, he's easily. A top 15 pick, but since he didn't, since you didn't see him,
2: you you didn't get drafted that high. I feel like, like in so basketball it's way maybe, easier for one and done. Take, first off, they're one and done, man. so it's just maybe one year. I mean, we played like nine games at Duke, and he got drafted. At, he at kind of went to eight. At, he could have went with HBCU. At, you know. And they was playing, the Daniel, stop. They Are was playing like, they was playing. Like, it wasn't even in Duke Duke ACC the but, but way, 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 in way. In ACC Me. schedule
0: yet. But Daniel, way, way, way. not even in the ACC schedule yet. Wait, 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 Daniel. I think if Mikey, <laughs> let's say Mikey pulls up at FAMU, ESPN Being <laughs> gonna go to FAMU to watch them play.
3: Every like, weekend. Not, you know he's playing. to game, bruh. I don't know if they will. Cause they're still- Ronnie, go Why would they, I mean, they might show one or two, no nope, they nope. they're not games, they're not showing dog. every game no they're not because there's yeah, no money okay, there. they okay, show... they're, they're still going to show duke they still going to
0: kentucky they're, they're
1: showing at least 75
0: yeah. percent if he's at look, at, Pitt, look at he's showing no, once a week he don't see once
3: a week they didn't even show Lamelo.
1: let me ask you of, a question Daniel. he didn't
3: go to no u.s LaMelo. college
1: but but he Daniel. played
3: professionally and they could have shown sure you know that's different they didn't show they didn't show uh they didn't show Edwards, who was the number one pick. They didn't show him a lot. He went to
0: Georgia. That's a D1 school. But Mikey's different. And the Mikey is arguably the most famous recruiter. And Mikey right goes to a HBCU. They showing him
2: know. once a week, bro. They daniel hey, him dang, once. A yeah, week. Yeah, let me ask you a
1: question. When did Southern didn't Southern make it to the tournament? Um, like not too long ago? Like, say yeah, just HBCU. Did. Southern did. Like, uh, no, Louisiana T S U. No, And no, TSU did a few no, times, too. Uh, Southern. Southern, TSU yes. made it. No, nah, nah, not it. TSU, but Southern. I know Southern, man. Louisiana, but regardless, it? It, you add a player like that to a mix, because here's the thing. H, I feel like basketball, just me witnessing this, I know it's not really televised. It's not really something you hear about on a daily basis, but these HBCUs don't be having dudes that are just scrubs. You know what I'm saying? They have cats that can play. You know what I'm saying? So you add a guy like like Mikey or somebody that's some high caliber to a team that's honestly could probably if you add him and his dynamic to a team that could really match up with these other schools honestly do and they can make it to and let's say let's be honest like Southern TSU they make it to the tournament and they don't have a five star caliber or somebody like that what what do they do when they get a guy
2: like that on their team? Bro uh, Michael I, I got I got Danny has, real quick. Wait, know, Danny I got you. I got you. One Look at Ben Simmons. He didn't even make it to the tournament and he got drafted to look at was all these
3: best player in college.
2: And he okay, went okay. Mikey, like we, well, Mikey ain't gonna be, saw, be on top three. Mikey ain't gonna be on top three.
3: We saw Ben Simmons go against uh, oh, bro, we but still, Mikey's still gonna be up schedule, there. Kentucky, Tennessee, Florida. He played and SEC. number
2: two. Number two, look at somebody like Steph Curry who didn't really shine until the, the tournament. To.
3: Steph Curry wasn't a one and done player though. We talking about one and done.
2: Yeah, done. Mikey. It don't matter what school he goes to, he's still gonna be drafted. yeah he's, yes, he's going matter. to be. It doesn't matter
3: drafted. But I'm saying that's it don't my- matter
2: where he if he goes to Australia, if he goes to if Southern, he, if he goes if to Mikey LSU. Goes, no, okay, you know, if this he goes is, to Langston, he's this, still getting drafted the top ten. This is why. Matter.
3: But this is why he needs to go to one of those. I'm not, not necessarily needs to go, but this is why he will. Because if he plays bad—not saying that he will—but if he does, his draft stock is is plummeting, It's going way down. If he goes to Duke and plays bad, Kentucky and plays bad, he's still getting drafted. No matter. Look at uh, the guy that went number one uh, for—or uh, not number one, but top three for North Carolina when he was a six-man. What was his name? Tim?
1: Tyler Hansborough. No, no, Marvin Williams, Marvin Williams, Marvin Williams, yes. Six man <laughs> from six
3: man on North Carolina. He went and and number five, and yes, and you go top five. That does 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 not happen at at. Nah, a, he
0: went he went number two, Tim. He went over Chris yeah, Paul. Yeah, he was the
4: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: Uh, yeah wow,
0: Chris Paul was three.
3: That doesn't that doesn't happen if you go to an HBCU. And well, I'm not. Daniel, I will
0: say this though, Daniel. If you play an FMU, you, you know you played a money game. So he gonna play. Like, those first eight to ten games, he's playing B1. People, could they pay you to play? So, remember, he's going to play against big Those schedules
3: players. are set up. But those schedules are set up in advance. No, bro, if Mikey, if Mikey plays, plays him,
2: at FAM, there's not going to be – he's not going to lose no money, right? He's still going to be more. No but no he
3: honor. has so – everything has to go well for him, though. Everything no, does. it don't. No, it's it does not, Daniel. He, okay, he's, still he, gonna he he's still going to be good. He's still going to be good. If if he plays bad, if he gets injured, he's not getting – he's he going to have to come back another year and prove himself. If he gets injured at Duke or Kentucky, he gets he still gets drafted no matter what.
0: Now, wait, wait, wait. I'll say this. y'all, y'all I know y'all going for days and days. We're going to cut this part of the cop yeah, y'all off. Gonna, but y'all going to do this on your own know, because y'all going to get too deep into <laughs> it. But man, I just wanna say, we're gonna wrap it up, man. Thank Michael. Thank you for this insight onto your life in HBCU, man. Like I said, it was great to hear your experience, not from like the big top brands, HBCUs, just to hear about a local one out here in East Texas, a smaller one, and just your whole experience about your pride you have, you playing sports, and how just about your, about your blackness at the campus, man. I just appreciate the time that you've given us about this, bro.
1: Appreciate it, bro. Oh, and one more thing I wanna shout out, man. Um, Miss Hall, man, Irma Hall, man, uh, Big Mama. I know a lot of people don't know this, man. Big Mama from Soul Food, she a TC, you know what I'm saying? Alumni, you know what I'm saying? And Aunt Karen's wife, Billy Aaron, you know what I'm saying? She alumni as well. I just want to throw that out there. Shout out to y'all, they help out the college a lot, you know what I'm saying? But, um, appreciate y'all, boys. Thank y'all for having me.
2: Always, one one thing we do. Oh, I, I. I was, no, was say, hey, hey, hey. We,
0: no, you're good. No, no, no. We got one more thing, though. We're not going to forget what's happening. Today's Wednesday. we record record on Wednesdays. We know what's going down tomorrow. So, Mike, I got to get your thoughts on this Gucci man versus Jeezy. No, yeah. Who, please let us know, Mike, yeah. who you Super got in this uh, battle. That's Super Jesus, Bowl of the tra- south. Trap Super Bowl going down tomorrow. So, real quick, Trap Mike, Super Bowl. Please tell me who you oh, got in this Jeezy who? versus Gucci tomorrow that's going down tomorrow night, bro. Who you got?
1: Oh, y'all want me to say it or play it? Oh, let's say it. You can say it. Who you got? Oh, my bad. I was going to play it, but my boy Jeezy. Oh. My boy Jeezy, for sure. I'm sorry, man. Jeezy, he man, he got cataloged, bro. Like, when you, man, Thug Motivation 101, man, like, you just, he got cataloged, like, from, ugh, he just can go for days and days. I personally feel like, I know Jeezy got some, I mean, uh, Gucci got some bangers. I know that. I'm not the biggest, I wasn't, I put like this, I wasn't grown, like, I wasn't, Flock, you was always a big Gucci fan, like, in high school.
0: Yes, sir. I wasn't,
1: but, and my whole thing is, I've always been a more lyricist. Like, I like lyrical guys, if that makes sense. I feel like everybody knows that Gucci about me. Gucci got lyrics?
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can't go I'm a I'm a dog, I'm a dog, no. I'm a dog, i dog. Oh, Oh my lyrics.
1: gosh, no. I guess, anyway. I like Gucci though, I like Gucci, but Jeezy for, I, I personally think Jeezy takes it. I, I get it, I know Gucci, you know what I'm saying? He's, I don't know, man, but I think Jeezy, he takes it. That's me, Jeezy, he takes Roscoe, it. Roscoe,
0: who you got, real quick, who you got?
1: Um,
4: I kind of agree with Mike, uh, just because of, Jeezy uh, has more mainstream success, more mainstream value. Uh, all of Gucci's best stuff is more underground, more mixtapes. So I think Jeezy is probably going to take it, but I'm going to be enjoying myself. Nonetheless, Ten Seventeen Brick Squad
2: all day. What's up? Two
0: two bottle, Tim, who you got?
2: Bro, that's tough, man. I'm, I am going to pull the underdog and I'm going to go for Gucci. I feel like for the streets, he just hits harder. Jeezy is obviously more mainstream. But I feel like all of Atlanta is tuning in. If you ask anybody from Atlanta, Gucci invented that trap music. So I'm going to go with Gucci. I'm
0: not going to ask Daniel because he only really lists that topic music. So I'm going to say that we probably, I'm probably going to go with GZ. <laughs> <laughs> we probably going to go with GZ. Because, you know, because GZ got Thug Motivation one on one and nothing. I'm sorry, Gucci ain't got nothing like that. But I guess.
2: That's a good debut one.
0: No, sorry, Dad, go Sorry, sorry, I I won't disrespect your musical taste. Go yes, ahead, Dad. First of all. Who, you, who you got?
3: <laughs> we going with Jeezy. Just off the fact of Thug Motivation One. one Thank you, yes, sir. I used I listened that's to it. that. Me and the homie DeWitt listened to that, and Dominique Dudley listened to that album every day for a month, and he Shout can win He
2: can win. He can win off of that alone. Hey, that shit's cold, bro. That's it. It's cold. It's a nice album. It's a real nice album.
3: Stop trying to play me on the podcast, Jeremy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> knowing them but but no, real real talk, man, Mike. We really appreciate you coming through. I feel like this is the first of many of your appearances, man. We we definitely, definitely. gotta have you back. Definitely we definitely provide that. It's feeling, like, yeah. Uh but you know, when we have guests on, we we classically we do this thing called top five. And so Ooh. we don't let you spill off. Your top five?
1: What's your top five gonna be, Mike? Ah, uh, okay. Now, Flock gonna laugh at me because I already said one of my top five, and he started laughing.
2: What's your top five list? Tell I'm gonna go top my top
1: five, list, five list. My top five list. Hip hop artists. Hip hop artists. Minus Tupac, Biggie. Okay. I'm not going to get Fair. into the argument with flock. He thinks that they're not that good, but it's okay. But mine is two. But all right. I don't, and I told y'all before, I need to give y'all a little insight before I say this. I am into lyrics and I like old school hip hop. I got to say this.
2: He going to say KRS-One. So. And I'm indelible. I love Carlos.
1: one. The, hey, the bridge is they,
2: over. The bridge is over. All right, they, stop. All they, right.
1: they some
3: culture niggas, Mike.
2: <laughs>
0: stop it. Look, what? I, I, did you say the hard <laughs> ER? <What>? <laughs> 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 stop it, no, I did not. <laughs> but Go ahead, Mike. Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. What's your
2: top right, five hip hop so artists?
1: Listen, my top five. My first one, all right? Are y'all ready? Common common sense i love common
2: love it go i love common go. respect man, go man
1: not even go. that go. boy respect. the light the light the light the, light. Yeah, the, light, goes the light all right i used to love her all right um my next one all right is hove hove h to love love. like ov this is this Danny bow down is this in order this is an order for me okay. Ooh. and it is not okay. off of it's listen i want you to just i i want to say this too it's off of what touches my soul. It's not off of, you know what I'm saying? Necessary, <laughs> like their lyrical, like, oh, like, I get it.
2: It's just your, your, fa- it your favorite, yeah, my yeah, favorite. it's just your favorite.
1: my
0: Michael, it's your world, we ain't
1: gonna argue. No it's right. your
2: top five, bro. So
1: Common, Hov, my next one, Cole, Cole World. Okay, okay. okay. I like that Cole, I like after that, that, after that.
0: I mean, he puts me to sleep, but.
1: Oh my god Why you even have to
2: what add did
1: that I, He, he say, ratchet bro, <laughs> bro. He, You know he like ratchet stuff He ratchet bro He real my ratchet cool bro about to
2: move on. We didn't even ask you for that We did not ask you for that I'm sorry bro, I He's trying, trying to, to bite see. my tongue I'm sorry I was
1: Bro he's real tongue. ratchet bro Y'all know that's Jeremy Ratchet him. bro Like he low
2: key ratchet Go ahead
1: Mike Go All ahead right, Mike Next one Is Kendrick Kendrick I, I that's. I'm told you I'm real lyrical Thank Kendrick. you Alright he, he
2: about to put me in you
1: All right, anyway And my last one, this is the one Flock laughed on me He laughed on me about this But my boy LL My boy LL (laughs) My boy, okay, I'm gonna laugh at that one too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, me, man,
0: bro, no, wait, 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 wait. It was unexpected, wait, wait, it was unexpected I, Daniel. That's yeah. why I laughed. I was not expecting
3: that. LL LL is a little underrated. I, he I, is underrated, bro.
2: LL is <laughs> underrated. He's underrated. <laughs> but when he I only song I like is that one with J Lo. When that's he started, right, he when he
3: started good. talking about let me get my head sprung, that's when he should have put it. Let me
1: get my yeah. head sprung. It was he I, wasn't, I, I wasn't, I wasn't laughing because it was bad. I just wasn't, I wasn't
0: expecting that. I never heard it, and nobody <laughs> talked
1: about it. <laughs>
2: that's
3: a good list though. That is, that's, a,
2: that's a good list. I don't Common, know about the last one, the number five. Common, I don't know about number
3: five. Bro, he got. I'm in and Jay Z, two of my favorite five rappers of all time. So. So can I get
2: I my top five? No. <laughs> you <laughs> ain't a guest, Roscoe. You're I'm, about to, I'm guess. about to mute you. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> that man said LL. Wow. Not, <laughs> bro. Yeah, we appreciate Leave them. LL alone,
1: bro. LL got it.
2: All right, Mike, man. We really appreciate you stopping through the podcast, bro. Another thing that we do with our guests is we give them the final thoughts. So we really want to know what's on your mind. Let our listeners know what you're really thinking about this week
1: man first off i want to say man thank you guys for allowing me to come man it's man it's real talk i was real honor man but um man what's kind of been on my mind you know it's been a trying time 2020 um a lot of things happening a lot of social injustice um you know a lot of trying times a lot of losses but you know just our mental health as a people man just making sure um your mental health is all right you know checking with your family checking with your friends making sure they're good just making sure we're good as a whole but you know, just mental health, guys. I know it's something that's kind of taboo for our culture, but just definitely making sure that we're all right as a whole. But I appreciate you guys, man. Thank y'all for letting me be on here, man, allowing me to, you know, speak my truth, man. And I just really appreciate you guys. Uh, Thank you, Mike. Like we said,
0: that's in episode seven. Check us out on all platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Anchor, SoundCloud. Y'all have a great rest of the week.